Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, before we get started with our guest today, we've got Lori Hill with the Christian Chamber of Commerce Tampa Bay on our show today, along with her daughter Amber. She's visiting in the studio. We're going to talk about adversity and how God uses it in our lives to shape us from who we are to who he needs us to be so he can use us completely. You know, I am a business owner. I work for him as a business It describes what I do, encouraging Christian business owners and employees to honor God by walking with him in their marriages, in their families, and in their workplaces. But by day, I'm also an employee of Platinum Information Services. I work for an outsourced IT company that specializes in servicing small businesses with all of their IT needs. To put it shortly, we manage your computers so that you can manage your business. That's what I do by day. And I surround myself with people I know, I love, and I trust. Those are the people I refer to. Those are the people advertising on my show. These are people that I know, I trust, I love, and I refer out every day. So please pay attention to the advertisers on this show because they are people that I trust. If you called me on my phone, I would tell you those are the people to go to. So listen. And the links to their companies and their websites are on my show website on WTIS as well as on the I Work For Him website under uh, 
company links for advertisers. So please check them out. All right, Lori, welcome to the show. You've been on the show already one other time. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for inviting me again. Lori's with the Christian Chamber of Commerce, Tampa Bay, a relatively new chamber. In the, Earlier this year, it was founded, and uh, I am also involved with the Christian Chamber. It's a fantastic organization, and today we're going to talk a little bit about the chamber. We're also going to talk about how God has used adversity in Lori's life and my own life to shape us from who we were to who he could use. And and it's it's amazing. You know, God can use us in small ways, but it, the more we want to follow him, the closer we want to be, he uses adversity to take off some of those edges, to, to take us really from being full of ourselves to being full of Christ. And uh, so, Lori, we're, we're talking about adversity today. Do you think God uses adversity in our lives to shape us from who we are to who we need to be so he can use us? Absolutely. I really do, Jim, because if we don't have adversity in our lives, then God can't use us for his work and for his glory. We we have to have trials and tribulations come through that uh, question really who we are and how we're approaching each thing in our life, whether it's personally or professionally. So I believe adversity definitively shapes who we are as a person and how we can be used for God. You know, I, I talk about a lot in my in my connection group that I teach at my church. You know, God uses adversity in in a couple of different ways. I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Lori, or correct me if you want to put in your opinion. But you know, I believe that God uses adversity in our lives to first draw us to Him. Because a lot of times we're chasing down our own paths, we're doing our own thing, and we're ignoring who God is, sometimes even denying who he is, certainly denying who Jesus is and who Jesus claims to be. And God uses adversity to get our attention. And, and sometimes that's pretty significant, especially if, if he really, he's chasing after us. Sometimes those consequences can be pretty significant. You know, we get to the end of a rope. Sometimes people get to the, their deathbed and they realize, wow. I need Jesus. God's real. Right. But also God can use uses adversity once we've decided to follow him, once we've decided to make him Lord of our lives. I, in my own personal life, I could speak from this. God used adversity in my life to, to, to change me from who I was to who he could use. Yes. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I agree. And uh, I think I spoke to you uh, earlier this week about um, some an excerpt from Secrets of the Vine written by Bruce Wilkinson. And he talks about pruning and discipline, um, how, how they're a little bit different. And actually, he says, if your life is to bear fruit, and for those of you who don't really understand that saying, it really means to produce something from yourself. So produce God's fruit, really, like to to witness in the community in one way or the other. So bearing fruit, because a barren tree is not going to bear fruit, um, then God's going to intervene. He's going to intervene in your life. So in order to bear fruit on a tree, if you think about that, it has to be pruned. And so by pruning, uh, that doesn't feel very good. And so once we've been pruned, um, and that's about ourselves, then God's going to ask you to let go of things that keep you from his purposes. And so then you have to be back on his track. Pruning. Let's talk about pruning. I grew up in the Midwest. Uh, we had good friends, the Tornells, that owned an apple orchard back in Minnesota. It was about 25 or 30 miles south of Minneapolis. And every fall, we went out to their apple orchard and helped pick the apples, and then we made applesauce. Mm-hmm. And then they said they waited until winter time, till everything was frozen and the sap wasn't flying anymore, and then they were flying through, you know, flowing is what I meant to say. <laughs> they went out and they pruned their apple trees. You know, what's the purpose of pruning? Well, the purpose of pruning is to encourage good, healthy growth. Correct. And that as a tree, you know, it gets older and older, it needs to be pruned more and more in order to keep the growth localized. And so the tree's not wasting its energy on 
on things that don't need to be used. That's correct. So, but pruning it, it it hurts sometimes. It hurts a lot, but if you aren't pruned, then you aren't going to grow properly. I mean, anything that produces much fruit, whether it's the vineyard or the apple. I grew around apple orchards too. I grew up around apple orchards, and if you don't prune them, you're you're going to get maybe one or two apples on that branch. But if you prune it you could get hundreds of apples off of that one branch. So it makes a big difference on your growth. All right. When we come back, Lori and I are going to define what adversity is. But before I go to break, I want to bring up that there's a Business as Missions conference coming up next Monday in Tampa at the Convention Center. Put on by Marketplace Ministries. Uh, They are going to host uh, several large speakers, John Grundy, Bill Job, Debbie Farrar. Farrar, They're going to talk about how, what does it mean to be in business as a mission? And so I encourage you to check out my website. I'll have this link on there later and also on Facebook, more information on there. We have Lori Hill with the Christian Chamber of Commerce Tampa Bay on our show today, along with her daughter Amber being in the studio. I'm not sure if Amber's going to dance and sing for us on the show today or not. We're still (laughs) trying to figure that out. In the first section of our show, we started talking with Lori and myself about how God uses adversity in our lives. You know, in my own life, God used adversity to shape me from who I was to who I am today. I'm not sure. I know for a fact he's not done shaping me yet, (laughs) but I know that if it wasn't for those tough circumstances where where I had to really reach out for the Lord for that help and that protection, I wouldn't be who I am today. I certainly wouldn't be on the radio. That's for sure. And so, Lori, as we're talking about adversity, let's define adversity. Well, how would you define adversity? Well, my dis- definition of adversity would be um, that it caught that it's a brokenness, and um, this world views brokenness as something bad, pathetic, weak, and God uses that as a strength. That through our brokenness, He can show His strength through us. So until we've actually been broken, and that could be through a lot of different things, um, a faithless marriage, a loss of a job, loss of house, a loss of a loved one, a tragedy, anything that happens in our life, and it doesn't even have to be big, it could be a small trial, but still trials in our lives, then those things... Um, can cause that brokenness. It could be depression that we feel. It could be financial loss. It could be a lot of different things, but those are those adversities that we face. But until we actually can get through it with God, then we can't, we can't really count ourselves dependent on him and therefore we can't receive his power if that makes sense god does a lot of that oxymoron stuff Mm -hmm. where where it just doesn't make sense you know jesus said to his disciples at the at the last supper he's like okay let me just lay something out for you here (laughs) this doesn't make a lot of sense but the greatest among you has got to be your servant right and just like the 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 one i can use the most has to be the most broken person. Right. Because when we're broken, we're, we're at the end of our rope. Yeah, we're, we're begging for hope. Right. And, and, I, and I use this illustration all the time. Often, it takes us till we get to the end of our rope till we realize God's been holding his rope out all along. Just waiting for us to grab on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but so often we just, I don't know, we just ignore it. We, we just think, well, if I could just try this or try that. But, you know, a- adversity is one of those things that I really believe God uses us just to refine us so that we see how he really works. You know, we don't, God doesn't work the way the world works. Right. You know, it, it's not the person with the most money who wins. It's the person who's the most broken, who's the biggest servant that is really who God wants us to be. That's right. the example of who Christ is. Right. And there's plenty of other examples in the Bible, too, uh, of who we could follow. Well, and what? OK, so let's what's that process of adversity look like? 
What can it be compared to? I personally believe that um, adversity itself is a process. So I think it could be compared to a lot of different things. Um, you and I even talked about this. Uh, one of the things that I wrote some time ago from our women's conference is I believe it, it's comparative to road construction. And I always compare it to Florida, but anywhere you go, there's road construction. No, no, I got it. I got it. You know, this is not on this. You know, we didn't <laughs> talk about this, but you know, road construction in Florida is a never-ending pain in the yes. keister. I mean, it's unbelievable. It is in Minnesota. Road construction started at the end of April, and they had to be done by the end of September because the snow, snow was coming. <laughs> in Florida, nobody's ever done with road construction, right? Which I guess. It, so I'm not. I'm saying I don't. I'm not sure it wor- works with road construction nationwide, but in Florida, yes. The never ending process like driving on Ulmerton. Oh yes. Yeah, right now it's not a pretty thing. <laughs> right now, I start first vacation here in 1992. <laughs> and when in 1992 Ulmerton was under construction. But I love that you're not bitter about it. I'm not bitter. <laughs> But I'm a little frustrated that FDOT can't figure this thing out. I mean, for crying out loud, that road's been under construction for 21 years, and it could have been under construction before that, but, I mean, really. I okay. know. And it everybody is. that's listened to this... And the Florida State flag should be orange, just because of the waving construction flags that are constantly uh, oh, going on. It's unbelievable. Okay, that was a little off topic. Okay, but we're talking about <laughs> you know the process that it looks like. Okay, so, so you know, like I said, I compare it to road construction, and that's because it's awful to deal with, as you just related, and um, it gets in our way. It can lengthen the time that it takes to get to what we feel is the destination, the goal that we're headed for. And it detours us on roads that we never planned on taking, did not want to take, and never wanted to drive on. But sometimes God takes us on those uh, road construction, those detours in our lives um, to grow us. You know, and there's there's a lot of things that we travel through on road construction, the bad roads. But I have finally learned that um, that we can't see God working in our lives until we've actually traveled on those roads, those difficult roads, those detours in our lives that we never wanted to take. Because, see, God sees the big picture. He can see Mm -hmm. he can see beyond where we're at. We don't have that ability. And that's actually a blessing because we would never have that growth experience. Uh, I I agree. I wanted to, in my own mind, adversity in my own life. I'm kind of like a volcano, you know, where where you start to see your life start to fall apart. You're crumbling a little bit here and there. You start to shoot steam out, maybe a little soot and ash. <laughs> that actually does sound like you. <laughs> yeah, and then all, and then all of a sudden you just explode, and there's nothing of who you really were before left. You just have this vacant valley with all your trees mowed down. Aww. You know, I, I look at Mount St. Helens. I love the pictures of that. You know, that happened I when we were there. in high school. You were there right when it happened. Yes. Oh, I, okay, I lived I sh- in Oregon and ash was falling in my driveway. Well, I lived in Minnesota. We had ash in Minnesota from Mount St. Helens. And when I look at that, I look at, okay, God took that mountain. He blew it apart. The whole side of the mountain was gone. But yet you go back today, 30 years later, it's a thriving forest. It's unbelievable how things have recovered. But it's in God's beauty and in God's time. Right. It, but it took a destructive incident to, to allow that whole nature to grow back up to be like that. And I think God uses it like that. Let's talk about biblical examples of people that, that God shaped through adversity. Well, you choose one. Choose, choose one and talk about it. Hmm. Well, the one most uh, dear to my heart at the moment because of the Christian chamber is Moses. You know, he was something he, he thought he knew he, who he was. Uh, and he, you know, he was a prince. 
and his world just came crashing in. And he had to be, he went from totally independent, truly, um, as who he thought as a person, to incredibly dependent on what, where God was going to take him, place him, and use him. And uh, I have seen that very personally in my life. You know, where is God going to take me, and how is he going to use me? And things that I think I'm prepared for, I'm not prepared for. Things I don't <laughs> think I'm prepared for, God prepares me for. So, I, you know, that's been a very personal one for me to be able to compare myself to Moses. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that comparison. I'm, I tend to go towards the Joseph side. When I think mm-hmm. of adversity, I think of the Joseph principle. You know, Joseph was one of those. He was that chosen child. He was the favorite of Jacob. And, uh, you know, he had the best clothes. You know, he, he dressed GQ back 3,000 plus years ago. <laughs> you know, not everybody could wear a rainbow, but That's he did. That's true. Okay, and it was cool. And it was a rainbow the way <laughs> God intended the rainbow to glorify him, to remind us that he wouldn't destroy the earth again. So, but Joseph was had a big calling, but he didn't know. I mean, he had a vision of his father's bowing, of his father bowing down to him and his brothers bowing down to him, but he had no idea what that meant. Right. And God had to take this really, you know, it's what some would say, a spoiled little rich boy mm-hmm. and turn him into the man that he needed to be. Mm-hmm. And, and he used that through slavery mm-hmm. and being accused wrongfully of crime and spending time Jail. in prison. And he came out and he ended up being second in command to the known world. Right. You know, and having he transformed Egypt, right. the Egypt that we know today was transformed by Joseph. Uh, and it's uh, it was incredible how God used it. But he had to take Joseph from being who he was to being somebody that God needed him to be. So I, I like that one. But but Paul's another favorite of mine. When you talk mm-hmm. about adversity, mm-hmm. how did Paul use adversity? Yeah. Or how did God use adversity in Paul's life? Oh, just I, golly, can't, let's count the ways, many ways. One of which, again, very dear to me, is their health issues, you know, that aren't completely defined. But uh, because of my personal story with my health issues, for me, it's like he asked over and over and over for those to be removed from him. From him. But according to the Bible, God never removed them. And yet he still went on to glorify the Lord and what he did. Well, and, and, and I, I look at Paul, again, we look at things so differently. I look at yeah. Paul. Paul had everything going for him until oh, he followed Christ. Yeah. And the minute he followed Christ, he was broke. Yep. He got kicked out of the synagogue. <laughs> and, and God said, hey, this is going to be a tough road to hoe, but I'm calling you on this road, and you're going to transform. And you look what Paul did. Paul wrote half of the New Testament. Yeah. But Paul, Incredible. people were, and Paul went from killing Christians to three days later talking about how Jesus was the way, and people were trying to kill him. All right, but before we go to break, I want to again bring up this business as missions conference being put on by the christian missionary alliance in the in the uh, tampa uh convention center starting on monday marketplace ministries presenting it i want you to go to my website and look at the link for bill dunham bill dunham at christian missionary alliance.org is the uh, coordinator local coordinator for this conference and really we got three huge speakers on monday morning uh john grundy and uh bill job and debbie farrar we have Lori hill with the christian chamber of commerce tampa bay in our studio today in case you missed the first half of the show Lori and i are talking about adversity and how god you uses adversity in our lives to shape us from who we are, who we were, to who he needs us to be. It's a little controversial because people feel differently about adversity, but I believe that God used adversity to draw me to Christ first, and, and he brought me to the end of my rope so I knew that I needed Jesus, and then he used, has used adversity in my life very much the last 10 years to shape me from who I was in the marketplace to who I am today. And and I like the adversity part. It hasn't been fun going through it, but I see who God has brought me to be. I'm a whole lot 
less of who I used to be and hopefully a whole lot more like Jesus today. But, you know, it's saying that now I'm probably going to have to go through some adversity in order to shape my attitude up. But, you know, <laughs> so I've got Lori Hill on here. Lori, I, I'm so glad that you're here today. Uh, share a little bit about how God has used adversity in your life. Well, um, I've been so fortunate to have adversity in both personal and professional life. Um, personally, over the last um, 10 plus years, um, I have uh, acquired multiple autoimmune illnesses. And uh, I used to call it the busy woman's disease because it seems like every woman I know that was Energizer Bunny like me had some type of autoimmune issue. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where the best way to describe it is the battle of the brain over the body. And uh, your body always wins. And it's very, very frustrating, especially when you're trying to accelerate towards a goal, whether it's personal or professional. So that has been quite um, an ongoing adversity in my life. And it caused me a lot of brokenness uh, to a point where even, you know, uh, not even just a year ago, I thought I was possibly going to be on disability. And uh, but now looking back and and I still have issues, you know, on a daily basis, but I refuse to be defined by them. And I think that's what's great about going through adversity with God is that he allows you to have uh, your identity within him instead of that identifying with whatever trial or tragedy you're going through or whatever adversity you're going through at that time. So did you ask did you ask God for that adversity in your life? (laughs) No, Um, I don't think we ever purposefully ask for it, but I think in a roundabout way we do. Uh, You know how people will say they'll ask for patience and then God sends something that will make you more patient in a way that you don't want to be more patient. I think in a way you do because you are saying, I want to achieve this goal. And like we said in the beginning of the show, we can't see the full outcome in the end. And so God can, and he knows in order to get us there, we have to go through certain things in order to get us to the point where we can achieve that goal, whether it's personal or professional. Well, I might be one of those weird people. Well, you, you, Lori knows me very know well, and, and those <laughs> many of you listeners know I'm a little, you know, a little sideways. But I asked God for the adversity in my life. You know, oh, back, you are weird. Well, a, about ten years ago, Martha and I moved. My wife moved to Florida, and one of the things I, I was given a book right away uh, by Bob Buford, Halftime, and it talked about making. You know, you could be successful in your life, or you could chase significance in your life. What are you going to choose? You know, and I had wasted. You know, until I was thirty-seven, wasted chasing after success. You know, what does that really mean? Being a CEO, a president, blah blah blah, being successful in sales, living in a big house, driving a cool car, and. And, and, I, and I realized, I don't want to spend the rest of my life chasing success. I said, you know, Lord, I want to chase a life of significance. I don't know what that means, but I don't want to waste my time. I want to invest my life how you want me to lead it and just use me. Mm-hmm. That was apparently a very dangerous <laughs> prayer. You know, over the last 10 years, God has... Uh, done a lot of amazing things in my life and used a lot of challenges to mm-hmm. bring me where I am today. And... Um, it's never what I expected it to be. But I will tell you, when the when the whole market crashed here in Florida, uh, my job started falling apart. I was working in Orlando. I was right. driving every day from Indian Rocks Beach to Orlando. I had the best job, my most favorite job ever I ever had. It, it used every one of my skills I ever had developed. And the whole world started to collapse. The whole construction world started to collapse. And my job uh, surrounded construction. I wasn't hammering the nail, but I was working on insurance and IT and that kind of stuff. And as... What I saw is that God used that adversity in my life to help lead one of my bosses to Christ because Mm -hmm. all of their lives were falling apart at the same time. All of the money they had invested, they lost. Mm -hmm. And God used the adversity in my life to just seek him every day in my car as I was driving to Orlando. 
and to challenge the people I worked with to seek God in all of this because they were losing everything they thought was important and they found out what was really important. Right. And I think that's what's really important about adversity is that uh, while we're going through it, it's the most awful thing. But then we're if we let God use us through it at the end of that, that particular trial in your life, you look back and think, wow, look. Look how much I grew. Look how I was able to be a witness, how I was able to affect other people. Because it could be as small as not getting along with a coworker, a colleague. It could be um, it could be a partnership that you're in with at a, a company. There's so many different things. I mean, I've gone through multiple uh, situations in multiple industries that I've worked in that were, you know, one of those where you don't want to get out of bed the next morning, the, the bad stuff going on at work. And yet, you know... If you're secure in the Lord, you know that while you're going through it, it's going to uh, it's going to increase your um, awareness of what God's doing, and um, you can use that as an opportunity. I guess is what I'm trying to say. All right, now this is a show about Christians in business mm-hmm. and Christian employees in business. You know, why are we talking about adversity in on the show? Because what does it have to what does it have to do with what does it have to do with business? What do you, what do you think? Well, my goodness, <laughs> I think it has everything to do with business. From a startup business to a Fortune 500 company, again, you're going to have you've got people. That's the, that's the thing, right? I mean, <laughs> that's right. Those businesses without employees yeah. are really just a, a single proprietorship. Yeah, yeah pretty that's much, right. yeah. pretty much. So as soon as you add that second person into the pot, um, you've got adversity. But how does God use adversity in the workplace to shape us from who we are to who He needs us to be? Do you have any idea? Um, I, I think that. Oh, do you want me to answer? Or well, do I do. Want yeah, I want to, you to answer, oh, okay. I wasn't sure if you already had the answer. I mean, I'm sure you do have the answer, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have the all-encompassing answer, but I've, I've got an opinion, well, but I want to hear your opinion. Well, I'm going to let you start first, then. Okay. All right. All right. In my own life, I saw that God used adversity. In, in, in many of my friends' lives who own small businesses, God uses adversity in the business. And, and certainly the last six years in our state, and certainly in our eight-county metro Tampa Bay area, God has used adversity in all of our lives, because there isn't a single industry that was not affected by the Great Recession. And in fact, I think when we're old, they're going to call this a depression. But anyway, I saw that as people really got to the end of the rope and they had to start laying off people and they had to start making serious decisions about how they spent money, people finally realized, you know, I've been running this business on my own and I never, ever asked the Lord what I should do. And when they started losing it all, they finally got on their knees and said, okay, Lord, this is your business. I have no idea what I should do. And God used that, this great recession, as they like to call it, to draw tons and tons of people to him because we were all so full of ourselves, we stopped seeing how God can be effective in the workplace. Yeah, that's actually exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say pride. Well, you let me go first. I did. I did. But my word was going to be pride because it's almost like an addiction. My, my brother, thank, thank you, God, that uh, he was Safe through through the Lord, but um, he he died almost he, he almost died multiple times. Uh, he was an alcoholic, and uh, we always thought this is the end. This is the end, the end of the rope that you're talking about. This is it. He's gone to the bottom of the barrel, the bottom of the barrel. Well, the bottom of the barrel just kept getting deeper and deeper. And I see that in businesses. It's like, oh, no, we could just do this one more thing, and it's okay because of pride. You know, and it's okay. It's, it's okay. We can make it work. We can make it work. When in reality is, you need to just move over. Move over and let God move in because it's a pride issue that we can take care of it and i think with men no no offense here but we think with men it <laughs> is it is the, here's the thing is that i failed and failure is a good thing 
Um, it's just like being broken. But as men, we're protector providers, and when we can't protect and provide, that's right. We it it causes us to have depression. We struggle. That's I mean, right. It's, it's a struggle. Anguish. Yeah. You know, when when I look at in our own country today, Christians are under. We're becoming more and more under adversity just because we just because we say that Jesus is the savior of the world. Right. You know, I've got a foster daughter in Minnesota. Her name is Sarah, and she is near and dear to my heart. And she runs a family daycare. Mm. And in Minnesota, that left wing liberal freaky state run by people who just don't understand who Jesus really is. And and I and, you know, all those people up there listening in Minnesota. I love Minnesota. I love the cold, love the snow. There's some fantastic people, but the politics are so screwed up. They just passed a law in Minnesota to making all in-home daycares be unionized. And my foster daughter was wow. told at her last meeting, Sarah was told that she will no longer be able to pray with her people in her house because her because the unions won't allow her to pray. That does not even seem you talk legal. About ad, you talk about adversity, <laughs> yeah. but but that's the kind of stuff that's coming to this country. It is. And in our country, Christianity is under attack. We're, we're, we're talking about, we get in trouble for saying things about other religions. You know, we're, we're, there was something on the news today, hey, you're no longer going to be able to, if you criticize a, a, somebody who is, is Muslim, you, that's hate crime. Well, how about the people who criticize Christ, Christianity? Right. It's right. unbelievable. All right, before we go to break, I want to bring up again, there's this Business as Missions Conference coming up at the Tampa uh, Convention Center on Monday morning at 9 o'clock. Mr. John Grundy, Mr. Bill Job, and Debbie Farrar are going to be talking uh, about Christians in business, marketplace ministry. You know, and, and before we go on, Lori had a scripture verse she wanted to share. She goes, Jim, you haven't shared any scripture verses about adversity. So I apologize, listeners. Here we go. <laughs> well, it's from my favorite book in the Bible, which is James 1, 2 through 4. And is it is, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. So that's okay. You can't really add anything. That's just a fantastic. It you know, is. consider it pure joy. Yeah. When you face trials, that uh, again is one of those oxymoron, a God oxymoron. Well, except for joy, biblically does not mean a happiness. It means contentment. Right. But the considering it pure joy I thing, know. it's just you're know, like, woohoo, Lord, all right. <laughs> all right. So it, you know, the question I'm asking you listeners to consider is. Has God used adversity in your life to bring glory and honor to him in the workplace? I know in my own life, if I hadn't had to lay off hundreds of people, and if I hadn't had to work for free, the woman that I worked for wouldn't know Jesus Christ today because everything fell apart that was her whole world. She wouldn't have come to know Jesus Christ if everything was all hunky-dory. And that's what's awesome. God used that adversity to then move me into Platinum Information Services where I've had the opportunity to share my testimony with hundreds of people in Tampa Bay because I didn't have that job in Orlando. And God made me network in this county. In fact, I'm on this radio show today because of losing my job. And it's fantastic because I happen to share my testimony with somebody. All right, Lori, let's talk about the Christian Chamber of Commerce because it's doing fantastic things. And I want to hear from you what's going on with the Christian Chamber of Commerce Tampa Bay today. Okay. Uh, well, we're moving and shaking. We've had three meetings in Pinellas County, and those meetings are on the third Wednesday of every month. So it'll be June 19th at the Feather Sound Country Club. And that information can be found on our website at www.c.com. 
3tb.org. And uh, we just started our very first uh, Hillsborough County meeting uh, at uh, La Terracita last month, and it'll be June 20th. It's the third Thursday of every month. And again, you can sign up and RSVP for that one online also. Now, where's La Terracita? La Terracita is on Columbus Avenue. It's a little bit east of International Plaza. Uh, so for all you ladies out there, you know where it is. That's right. Okay. <laughs> All right, so so you're meeting every month. We are. Once a month on a, the third Wednesday in Pinellas County, Feather Sound. Yes. Once a month on the third Thursday in Tampa. That's correct. Okay, at La Terracita. Right. And okay. we've also um, are just starting this week our, our business Bible study uh, in Largo, and we'll be adding to that in Tampa and across the counties, uh, and there'll be different types of Bible studies, so you can go online and look those up and RSVP for that. And then we're also starting our I Am in Business, and that is a required class for our members, and that is exactly what you talk for, about on this show, and what we're talking about with the Chamber is trying to get people back to biblical principles in the workplace. Awesome. Hey, who's your featured speaker for June at the uh, June meetings? Our featured speaker, well, we have a featured speaker, a different one each meeting and okay. uh, each month, I should say. Uh, and it is this month that is retired Lieutenant Colonel Karen Mertes, and she is the founder and president of Fulfill Your Destiny. Uh, she had a traumatic um car accident where she was hit by a drunk driver and with a brain injury she sustained a brain injury and she has started a this um a group called fulfill your destiny so she's going to be speaking on how to command your destiny in business hmm. all right so that, that's fantastic and i look forward to get on now if somebody wants to pre they need to pre-register yes, for these meetings that's correct so they go onto your website c3tb.org it's got a great song you should get a song like it c3tb.org <laughs> I can do that. all right and they go on there and they pre-register for the lunches so they prepay that's so correct. That you know who's coming and then they can hear the speaker what, what else goes on in those meetings well, we also we have a, a devotional or a marketing piece. Uh, there is time where it's business to business, um, you know, freestyle marketing, I guess you could call it. And uh, then we also have a discussion, table discussion about uh, a topic that's similar to what the speaker is speaking on. Uh, we also obviously talk about our sponsors, um, which you can find on the website. We have four top sponsors right now. And so we'd love everybody to come and be a part of it because you will get some business done at these meetings. But you're also going to feel that you're among like-minded people, and you'll be able to worship with us, not just do business, but worship the Lord. So C3TB, uh, the Christian Chamber of Commerce Tampa Bay, it's a different kind of chamber. Yes. What's the overall goal? That, what, what makes it different? Well, what makes a difference is that we're unifying the business communities to glorify the Lord. And the you know we're doing like things as the chamber, but we're doing them under biblical principles, and we're doing them to glorify the Lord. So just even tying everything in again about what you're talking about today with adversity, anything that we put into our businesses as believers is we should be putting into it to work for the Lord. And so that's the overall theme, obviously, of the chamber. What kind of impact have you seen? Have you seen some impact already? I have. I've had some people um, coming to me and uh, telling me that this is something that they've been searching out for some time and they've already had some business happen, which excites me because, you know, that's my personality trying to connect people up. 
been very relational. So I like to see um, these bonds be made between Christian people. But I've also, on my one-to-ones, have been able to encourage and uplift them and really help them uh, apply those biblical principles into their businesses. So I think that's going to be an exciting part of the chamber. I encourage all of you out there in the listening audience to join the Christian Chamber of Commerce Tampa Bay and come check out our meeting in June, the third Wednesday of the month at Pinellas County at Feather Sound or the third Thursday over at La Terracita in Tampa Bay. Now, the next part of our show is always brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. That's the bookstore uh, run by my absolutely gorgeous wife, Martha. Each week we highlight a book and the book that we're highlighting this week is Sleeping Coconuts by John and Bonnie Nystrom. We've been talking about adversity and John and Bonnie wrote this book about adversity. John and Bonnie are Wycliffe Bible translators, and they were in Papua New Guinea on a long strip, narrow strip of sand uh, on the outskirts, kind of like a barrier island like we have here in Pinellas County. And a 30-foot tidal wave came and wiped out the entire village where they were doing ministry. And they happened to be away that, that at that time. But God used that adversity in their lives and in the life of the villages that were nearby because half of the people were killed. God used that adversity to expand their translation project from one language to 11 languages. And the story is so well written. It is so heartfelt. I totally recommend you going and getting a copy of Sleeping Coconuts by John and Bonnie Nystrom from Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Adversity. That's what we're talking about today. Is your relationship with God where it should be? Is God using adversity to catch your attention in order to draw you close to him? What level of brokenness is needed in your life before you'll submit yourself to him? Can you see how God can use your broken life better than your previous life in the workplace in order to touch other people? You know, Lori, that's what we're talking about. And, and I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for inviting me. You know, it's been fun. The Christian Chamber of Commerce has been a, is a great sponsor on this show. I totally believe in the, in the message. And bringing unity in the Christian community is something that Jesus intended, but the churches don't work together very well. And we got an issue with that. I got an issue with Christians who aren't in unity because Christ said they would know us by our unity. So I, I encourage you to check out the Christian Chamber of Commerce Tampa Bay on their website. What's that website again, Lori? It's c 3 tb.org. All right. Check out that website, register for the next meeting, and I'll see you there. You know, please also check out the I Work For Him website at iwork4him.com. There are all kinds of great resources on the site and links to all of our show sponsors, including the link to the Christian Chamber of Commerce Tampa Bay. That's iwork4him, iworkforhim.com. Please take time to like us on Facebook, and maybe you can win the next book. Just search for I Work For Him. You know, I'm trying to get people on my show that are willing to share their testimony and how Christ has impacted their lives by his transformational power, how it's affected their family and their workplace. I need you, my listeners, to introduce them to me. Email me at jim at iworkforhim.com. That's jim at iworkforhim.com. Thanks to Mike Miracle for being an awesome engineer. Thanks to Lori Hill and Amber for being on the show today. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I am a Christ follower. I own my own business and I'm an employee. I work for him. So I hope if it's only God.